Hello and welcome to Murder on Her Mind. I'm Caitlin O'Malley and I'm your host this podcast. Hello everybody and happy Thursday. Um, I hope your day is going well and you're living it up. <laughs> um, it'll be the weekend soon so that's a plus. I am currently in my basement all cozy with my fire. Well, it's not really a fireplace. It's a heater, but um, it looks like a little fireplace. It's cute. And it's all fogged up down here because I am making vegetable soup (laughs) for the week for dinner. Um, I love vegetable soup in the wintertime with some like um, homemade... uh, soda bread and like soda bread's like an irish bread that you have you can have it like for breakfast you can have it with your your dinner you have it with your soup or you can have it like as a treat with like some jam on it it's kind of just like an overall and it's like any really easy bread to make it's not like other breads like where you have to like let the dough sit and all this shit like you literally do like flour buttermilk some oats if you want um and something else like okay, baking soda and shit like that's literally it like it's so so easy to make and you just have it with your soup and it's great it's good with tomato soup as well but i love it with vegetable soup and i don't make my vegetable soup um watery either i make it like thick <laughs> yummy yummy um sorry for that gross noise chris always gets so mad at me when i make those noises <laughs> um but yeah what has been going on well um I didn't work Monday. I had no clients booked, so I was like, fuck it. Like, uh, yesterday evening, we came home late from like Christmas shopping and stuff. And I never got to like make my vegetable soup, and it's just like really time consuming. And then um, I just was like, you know what? Like, there's no point in me going into work for eight hours sitting around waiting for a client because we're not taking walk ins anymore with our new restrictions. Um, so I just kind of like left it at that. And took the day off I was really tired and I stayed up late last night too which I don't know why um so I ended up like sleeping in this morning um so it was great so technically today is Monday and I'm recording my second episode of the week and it's great it's really nice um yeah so Chris and I went Christmas shopping at the weekend and then we on Saturday what did we do I was kind of running around just doing so. Oh, me and Kyle went Christmas shopping because Kyle had to get mum and dad some presents. So we did that and that was really fun. And um, we went out and we got some lunch. My sister came too. And then I bought ingredients to make my first ever set of gingerbread men or gingerbread cookies, whatever you want to call them. And it was so good because when I was younger back home, we used to get them in Super Value in this like little um, shop. And it's probably the same in like England too. Um, but basically you dip the little feet in chocolate and you dip the hands in chocolate and then you get some smarties and you use those as the buttons for the gingerbread man and you draw a face. I didn't have icing to draw the face so they were a faceless little gingerbread man but um, yeah so I decided I would make those and they actually turned out really nice and like I like mine like a much more like softer like a little bit of crunch on the outside but soft on the inside. Um, and I made two separate sets of dough, so I'm actually going to make some tonight for my co-workers to give to them because everyone's always bringing in stuff and I'm such a shit baker, like it's ridiculous. I can't even, I'm not even good at like, you know, the Betty Crocker packages, like it's lethal. So, um, yeah, that's kind of what we did. We watched 
Last Christmas. If you haven't seen that movie, it's great. It's got Amelia Clark. She was in Game of Thrones. Um, and then last night we watched National Lampoon or National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I think it was. That was great. My dad loves those types of movies, so it's like it's funnier for him to like watch the movie than the movie itself. Um, and he keeps wanting to watch Home Alone yet, but we're like, Dad, no, Home Alone and Elf. You gotta wait till like the weekend of Christmas, or like you know, the twenty third, twenty fourth. Like those are just like your prime time Christmas movies. So that's basically all we did. I did some cleaning. I organized my little um. Oh, actually, okay, so I have a wax pot at home. This is a little story I can tell you guys. I have a wax pot at home, and a while ago, my mum's friend wanted to get her eyebrows waxed. This is like a year and a half ago, two years ago, so you know it's like procrastination station with this story that I'm about to tell you. And with my wax pot, you have to give it at least like an hour to two hours to heat up to get all the wax melted. So I was like, you know, I'm going to preheat it before I go to her house. So I'm not standing around there like a gollywog, just like waiting to like, you know you know my wax to melt so i preheated it and as i got up to the top of the stairs i tripped on the wire of the wax pot and i dropped the whole wax pot and the wax is all hot and it came flying down the sides it went like on the floor everything and i just like left it and i still went to her house so, like dripping everywhere like a fool and i never cleaned it up and then you know i was like looking at it and i was like oh this is just like so gross looking like i need to like fix this so um i got like this stuff to, it's a chemical it's probably i'm probably brain damaged now from it to be honest with you because i have to use so much of it it took me two fucking hours to clean the wax pot oh my god it was the most painful thing ever but now i'm actually staring at it it's behind my christmas tree and it looks so clean and i'm so happy so it was worth it kind of but um yeah if i just cleaned it there and then it probably would have been easier but no i didn't i let you procrastinate and make things harder for myself as usual so i did that on the weekend and uh yeah that was kind of our weekend it kind of flew by even though i'm like still off on monday um i had a glass of wine a couple glasses of wine actually so that was nice um I made it over I think it was 45 days I did no drinking it was great and like I don't drink during the week anyways like I've said before in my other episodes so it doesn't matter to me when I do have a drink on the weekends or not um the girls at work are still doing this competition I think I might be in the lead um which is really funny because well, it's not funny but I'm surprised at myself because like um one girl has an apple watch and the other girl has a fitbit so me and the girl with the fitbit we've linked our fitbits up so we can track each other to see how many steps we're doing and surprisingly enough like the, these two girls that i'm up against are extremely fit and i'm not a fit person i'm not like i'm a, a decently healthy person but i'm not like you know obsessed and i mean i don't mean to brag but i'm in the lead i think so but they don't listen to this podcast so <laughs> i can brag a little bit I hope they don't listen, otherwise that's really embarrassing. Um, but yeah, no, it, it is fun. Like, it, it kind of is really motivating to me because I'm not, like, a competitive person. Um, but, I mean, I'm going to win six balls of wine. Like, who the fuck wouldn't want to do that? Like, it's brilliant. It's a great initiative to just get out and move your ass and do shit. So, I've just been, like, running and stuff. This morning now, I, I again procrastination station did not want to get up out of my bed um 
to go and run but i did it i went for a half hour run um and then yeah that, that's kind of it now chris will be coming home soon i've started recording pretty late too uh my sister's at home because she is not going to school right now because there's school all those kids in alberta i think are off for I, th- I can't remember what what it is but basically they're off until january um and they're but like they're gonna be doing school from home um one of my sister's high school here in calgary is actually one of the highest for covid cases uh which is shocking but um yeah uh still can't wait for christmas it's gonna be so nice um it'll be different but again if you've any stories to tell me about your christmas traditions or murder that's happened please please tell me because i'd love to do them um i'm gonna kind of cut my intro short here because um the store that i'm gonna be going to going into has like a lot of information and it's like kind of an unsolved case right now um and i completely forgot about it until one of my friends actually replied to my instagram story and was like oh you need to do this and i was like fuck yeah i forgot about that like i haven't done that case yet and i remember seeing it i think it was like on buzzfeed or something so um now there's not a lot of information on this case i have to like go rooting through like facebook and reddit and web sleuths and literally every possible thing so um and it, listening to other podcasts too on it and like youtube videos and stuff so um i'll be doing the justice for jalea davis so um you can find that on her facebook page you can donate towards it a lot of things so i'll be getting into more detail after this but um if you are enjoying this podcast please tell your friends about it um that's probably one of the best things you can do please don't forget to rate review subscribe get the word out there um and yeah i don't know and i appreciate it for the people who do do that like it it really motivates me to keep doing this because i i can get quite unmotivated and um lack of faith in myself if you will i guess but um i'm really appreciating all the feedback about like about my podcast and um, i don't say it every episode but it really does mean a lot it really does so um enjoy this episode i cannot believe um we're on episode 21 now it's mad so yeah enjoy and happy listening Alrighty, guys so let's get into this story um it's a real kind of like messy one um sorry i just need to take a drink there i don't know why i did that i've never done that before here we go maybe this will become an asmr podcast <laughs> um <laughs> oh god but um we're going to be doing the jalea davis story now um if you have heard of the story you've ever tried to like do research on it it's literally just people on the internet um investigating themselves and you know taking notes from statements from the police um a lot of the information i'll be getting is from the justice for jalea um facebook page that her mum created also web sleuths reddit um a lot of that stuff so um yeah it's quite a sad story and again it's it's all over the place and um there's a lot of things that don't add up um a lot of people do think that it was like an accident 
But then again, there's some underlying evidence that just might prove that otherwise. Um, again, still no fact behind any of this. This is a lot of like, I guess, like hearsay, you could kind of say, um, of like what went on. But basically, I'll just, I'm just going to read you um, the Facebook post that her mother um, put up and then I'm going to go into detail from what I've heard from other podcasts. Um, now, if you are interested in this case um, after the fact, I would really like to um, mention that you should check out um, this one podcast and it's absolutely amazing how much you know detail they go they go into um death at the eight mile eight mile marker 181 um and it's this woman who's completely dedicated her time to go kind of investigate and she actually talks to the family members she has different episodes it's kind of like a series just solely based on this so um i definitely check that out uh, at first what's caused a lot of controversy too about this podcast that came out was at first the girl who had started this up thought that it was a murder and then as she slowly went on and got more information she now thinks that it was an accident um, and I think that's really upset the family because the family were really like um, I guess rooting for her because she was putting so much information into this podcast into listeners ears um and you know now it's kind of backfiring a little bit for the family because this lady who has put so much information into this podcast is now like kind of boycotting the first situation so anyways let's get into it um so on november 19th 2011 my daughter and then i, I just want to clarify here um this is her mum posting this post onto the Facebook page. Um, and I am reading this like live right now. Like I'm going right through it. So I'm on the actual Facebook page. And there is a donate button and stuff as well that you can go to. Um, and there's also a petition you can sign. Um, so on November 19, 2011, my daughter, Jalea, Sta- sorry, Jalea Davies, left her home at approximately 5 p.m. She had intentions to spend the night with a friend or two for three months so she had been friends with this girl for three months essentially she didn't really know them that well um and her name was Kristen Betchold uh through the night Jalea was texting friends my other daughter Toby uh as well as myself so that um Jalea had been texting the mum and the daughter Jalea was in the company of Kristen Betchold uh Jordan Campbell Freddie Scott and Katie Nelson at 3.28 a.m., my daughter Toby received a call from Jalea asking her to come meet her, pick her up at a gas station at the corner of Rosemar Road and Emerson Ave. During this call, Toby heard her ask, tell Kirsten Betchel to give me my keys. Toby could also hear Kirsten's voice in the background. At 3.33, Jalea called Toby again, changed the location to meet her at the rest stop in the interstate of Williamstown exit. Um... At that point, Jalea indicated she was on the interstate. During this conversation, Jalea began crying, um, described as hysterical. She was crushing, sorry, 
freezing and calling Kirsten names. Oh, stuff is cursing. Sorry. This is why I shouldn't read live. I always have to like make my own little notes. Um, Toby asked Julia what was wrong and Julia responded, quote, I will tell you when I get there. At 3.48, the first 911 call was made from a truck driver who discovered my daughter's body in the passing lane in the interstate. She discovered she was naked from the waist up. One leg broken in half, her right breast missing, and she was decapitated. Her clothing was laying across the guardrail, bra first, her top on top of the bra, and then her coat on top of both. Her vehicle was found uh, two-tenths of a mile north of and her body running in gear, doors locked, and headlights on. Based on evidence at the scene and her vehicle, Jalea was struck with her own car. Once she was struck, her head hit the guardrail post, killing her. Her car continued to move north, her head continuing to strike the following posts, the impact destroying her skull. At that point, her car came to a complete stop. Bloodstains and um, acceleration marks indicate the driver of the car then, a high-speed rate, drove from the guardrail with Delea's body still attached to the passing lane uh, where she was left. From the first post, the point her body was discovered, it was a distance more than 82 feet. Based on statements given to the police, it is believed by some Jalea's car was found abandoned on the coasted road, coasted down the road where it was found. The individuals with her night were with her that night. Kirsten Betchold, the granddaughter of a former sheriff, daughter of a doctor, obtained an attorney the same day. His name George Kozona. After the case was closed, Kirsten's attorney, Mr. Kozona, returned to Jalea's keychain to the lead detective in the case a keychain that had informed the sheriff's department with Kirsten's possessions that was um, attached to Jalea's keychain before she left her home a gift from to Jalea from her sister uh, Casey Nelson voluntarily went into the questioning approximately 12 hours after my daughter's death she's the daughter of a former former Parksburg officer and he was also in the local police Casey claimed that she had spent the night with former boyfriend Chris Latimer. Chris Latimer um, later questions and told detectives that Kirsten and Casey could have been angry at Jalea because of jealousy over him. Freddie Scott, also a son of a former Parkersburg uh, police officer, was questioned two days later. To my knowledge, and to the absence of proof of the statement, Jordan Campbell was never questioned. Jordan Campbell did not live in Parkersburg area in and Freddie Scott's statement, Freddie indicated that he tried to quote set up Jordan with Jalea. End quote. I have no I have obtained pictures and documents from the investigation through the Freedom of Information Act and suggest that we are that not only the police are aware of my daughter's struck with her own car, but documents, results, lab testing, there was another person's DNA in my daughter's car indicating someone else was driving. At the very least, some of the officers involved in the investigation may have obstructed off, uh, justice some believe a complete cover-up please help us get my daughter's case reopened reopened by a higher authority i ask that you please share the case with all media justice for jalea so um this is just such a rigmarole of a story to begin with so the night that Jalea was hanging out with her friends 
um, Kirsten Betchold, um, Jordan Campbell, Freddie Scott and Katie Nelson. They had all been drinking and one of the friends had reported that Jalea had actually taken 28 shots of vodka. And uh, there's no actual like proof of that. Um, that was a, a definitely like a guesstimate. But even if so, like that is a lot. Um, I actually remember for my 21st birthday, um, one of Chris's friends were out from Ontario and well there was a whole bunch of them out there was a whole bunch of the guys out and we went to a bar and he bought me 21 tray 21 21 trays 21 shots of tequila and he's like oh you're irish you know you can do this you can do this and i was like you know what fine fuck it i'll do it and by that point i actually wasn't drunk when we got to the bar i was okay like i wasn't like all over the place surprisingly enough because i drank a lot but i was like fine still like i had a good head on my shoulders well I only made it to 19 shots of tequila, like right back, one after the other, one, two, three, four, like, let's go. And then I was like blackout after that. Like I fell asleep on the toilet. I was trying to fight people getting into the cab. I wanted McDonald's and I wasn't allowed it. And then I was like crying and then finally I got with McDonald's. And then just as we pulled up outside my house, we were in the cab. I puked right into my handbag. Um, and it was only a small little puke, but we were right outside the house. Like literally the cab had pulled up and I opened up my eyes. I had been asleep and it was just like all those dizzies and then boom, right in my handbag. Went inside to the house, fell asleep upstairs in front of the cooker on the floor. Dad came downstairs. He starts yelling at me. It's, I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm such a bad person. You know, just bawl my eyes out making a fool of myself so um yeah that was uh me after those shots so i was just a complete mess even with food in my tummy mind you if i just not had the food i probably wouldn't have puked in the cab and probably wouldn't have had to pay the hundred dollars but you live and you learn so um the friends did say that she had taken up to 28 shots and this is only a pre-game um that had been going on so and then there was like um between I believe it was um Jordan Campbell and Freddie Scott the two the two guys that were there um she had had like she was kind of like you know interested in one of them and it was kind of making one of the other girls jealous and um they that's what they believe like caused this whole incident to happen um and they've been having like an argument just before hand they didn't want her to drive at all and you know she wanted to be like leaving she had her keychains in her hand and this keychain um which if you look up on the justice for Jalea facebook page there's so many crime scene photos like so many um uh this had been like a really expensive keychain she never left without it it meant a lot to her and um she that seemed to have been taken away from her but her keys still in there so that was a very weird piece and you know she calls her sister and her sister's like ready to go meet her and then and you know the um the place of where they were supposed to meet changed so it, it kind of was going like all over the place and it was very messy and what happens is when people are very drunk and you like threaten to take their keys off them or that you tell them they can't drive and you're being aggressive because you're drunk too and everyone's trying to like basically fight each other 
it just creates more anger and i think um i don't even know what you could say like a lot of just i don't even know what you'd say but it, it just does create like a lot of anger basically in the group and she gets in the car anyways and she drives which you know there's only so much you can do when someone's that aggressive and you're already getting angry because you're drunk and you're like well fuck this i'm not fucking helping them like let them do what they want but unfortunately if they would have tried to do like a little bit more the this group of friends then maybe she wouldn't have gotten the car maybe this incident would have happened but as we go on with the story um there was a phone call to um the police at 3 48 um and it was a truck driver and he was coming on the opposite end and he said that he had seen some people down by this car and it was a broken down car but um it looks like they might have hit a deer on the road he couldn't really tell because it was like pitch black so he gets out of the car and he's on the phone to police and on the um the mile marker podcast they go through the transcript they won't release police call um which is unfortunate because i do love listening to those um also you should listen to the podcast 911 calls to the operator that's a really good podcast uh, i'm not too sure about the host but i do love the content they have um but uh yeah so he's on the phone and he's just in pure panic he's like he's like i, I think i think it's a a deer but I, I can't really tell and you know the police officer's trying to like keep him calm and be like well if you don't feel comfortable like you don't have to go and this truck driver he he just keeps walking over and um he's like oh he's like i don't even know if i'm gonna be able to cross the road because there's just so many vehicles on this road like it was quite a busy highway because it was on the border to the next state don't ask me what the next state was over but there was another state and that's why it was such a busy highway and it's also caused a little bit of controversy because it was right in the border of the state where her body was found um on whose sheriff department should investigate but anyways um he eventually makes his way over to the car and he's like oh this it's, it's um he's i can clarify it's a person it's, it's a man um you know and he he's like it's it's really bad he's like i, I and like, i can't like look at it and the police officer's like okay we'll turn away and you know the man on the phone's like you need to come now like this is not good like i'm scared and he's like, oh my god like he's just he's just in hysterics himself which is a trauma for that poor man and then unfortunately like a few moments later her sister arrives which is just shocking i can't imagine what that poor sister went through um but uh it turns out when they had seen her the, the reason why they couldn't actually recognize her her head had been decapitated so already that's like so much blood her boob had been torn off um her leg had been bent back and like snapped in half essentially um so it was very very hard to even recognize that it was a person let alone if it was a male or female and you can hear like when you're reading through the transcript he is literally saying he's like no no, no like he he's hit him hits this man and, you know he's hurt like he just he can't even tell that it's a woman because there's that much blood and it's it's that trampled over and they also believe that the man on the phone call um talking to the police actually might have hit her like because he thinks he's hit something 
um, which is why he thought it was a deer. So it really um, was hard for investigators to rule out what the cause of death was because her body was so mangled. But like her body was dead prior being hit is essentially what they're trying to say. So they, like this guy who called, he was completely ruled out. Like there was no way that it was him, that he didn't do anything. And if even if he did, it would have been an accident because her body was already like laying there dead. So um, what's really frustrating about this case is a lot of people tend to think that it was a car accident. But when you go to the rail, if you were to like look at the picture of the railing where her clothes were left, all her clothes are neatly laid on the railing but it goes like bra top and then her coat and you know investigators when they ruled this an accident when they closed the case they said that oh when you go like a certain speed you know forensic scientists and stuff when you go like a certain speed um your body your clothes can be torn off you but to me, that makes absolutely no sense at all. Because if they're torn off them, then it should have been the other way around. It should have been jacket, top, and then bra on top. And to me, that it just it literally made zero sense to me how that could even be physically possible. And the fact that they were like laid there neatly on the railing was just like another factor. It's not like they were like you know one piece was a mile down the road and the piece was like you know a few centimeters over a few inches over like it just doesn't make sense to me whatsoever so the fact that people were trying to like you know rule that in as maybe a like suggestion that her body had been like flung out of the vehicle um which essentially is the cause of death like her body was wedged up against on the right hand side of the vehicle up against the railing and um it was just torn to shreds but the fact of the matter is how did her body get out of there the, the car and how was it like hitting against the thing and then if you look at the pictures against the railing sorry not the thing i need to better and not using thing and thing in the jigger and the what you call it um and if you look at the pictures you can actually see um blood at the back of the vehicle too because her body had flipped back over the car um but the windshield of the car is not broken at all like that's completely intact so it's not like she flung out of her you know she broke really hard and then flung out the front of her car and then went backwards and hit the back it, it was just like such a messy scenario and yes she was intoxicated when the toxicology reports come back she was extremely three times the limit she was over what she should have been um which even still three times over the limit like I, you'd think she'd be like four or five with all the drinking that she did um but apparently not so you know it, there was just so many things like that weren't adding up in that sense to um the investigation and um again yeah like the fact that her head had been decapitated um and, and so when they're investigating as well some people are trying to come to the conclusion okay was there someone else driving the vehicle with her and if they were where did they flee to where is the dna testing result where is you know like was she sitting in the passenger side and that's how she got into that side of the vehicle 
Um, and then the, there was the fact that like the, this Kia rep, because her car was a Kia, he came in, he was doing like a faulty testing. So you know how in like a, an airplane there's like a black box um, that kind of helps you record like if there's ever an accident, it kind of helps you sum up like what it went on and um, it basically cars the same thing. And when he did that, he realized the airbags um, were faulty and they never went off. But even if they did go off, it wouldn't have really helped out the situation anyways. So um, that all kind of went on. And then one theory that I kind of had in my head after I kind of heard all these other theories. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the movie Hereditary. Um, it's probably one of my favorite slash least favorite horror movies because it is so fucked up. I don't like how it ends, but it is terrifying. Like so disgustingly horrifying. Ugh. But I love it. I also just like love it. It's fantastic. Um, but the part where he takes his sister to the house party and she's sitting in the uh, she's sitting in the house and she goes and she eats some cake, I think it is, and ends up having nuts and he doesn't have her EpiPen. So he's rushing her back to the house and she's in the back of the car and she's gasping for air. She's just like freaking out and he's panicking. He's like, please, please. He's like oh my god like you know like try and just keep stay alive and he's looking back at her trying to keep an eye on her it's pitch black on the road he's driving like 120 miles 100 kilometers an hour um and then a deer she's got her head hanging out the window a deer is coming across the road he swerves to get out but when he swerves her head's hanging out and it hits a fucking post and it completely decapitates her. Sorry, I should have said spoiler alert if you haven't seen it. it but you'll still get surprised by it because it's fucked. And, you know, he just keeps driving. He's in complete fucking shock that it even happened. So where I'm going with this story is, when I thought about this theory, I thought maybe... You know, after all, like one of the friends did go with her in the car. She was too drunk. They were going to go meet the sister. Because like, why, you know, why call your sister and then go meet her somewhere? And then you change the location. Like, why not wait till your sister comes to you? So this is what I was thinking is that maybe one of the friends, you know, drove because she was so intoxicated. Even though the other friend was probably just as drunk too. Um, And um, they pick her up. They're drunk, so they're drunk driving. They're already under the influence, and they start to like slowly lose control of the car. She's hanging out the car window, you know. Maybe she's just she's either trying to get attention in a way of like, you know, I'm fucking pissed. I'm just gonna do something to annoy the person who's driving the car, so I'm gonna start hanging out the window. And, you know, the person who's driving is actually trying to be sensible and be like, fuck, like no, like stay in the car, and they're trying to concentrate on that, but then they lose control of the car and they bash her up against the railings of the vehicle. Now the speed that they would have been going at and these railings that were built, they're built for a reason. They're built so that a semi truck or a coach or, you know, I don't know what else is big, like a tractor or something, if it was to ever lose control in the car, that you can't ever like bash through the actual barrier. Otherwise, it wouldn't happen and it'd be totally pointless. So, because a lot of people were like, oh, well, if they're going that fast and she was losing that much control, then why wasn't there more dense than, like, the metal? Well, because there was a certain type of metal and you literally, if a a semi-truck was going at 200 kilometers an hour, that you would hope it would still stop them from going over the edge or the other side of the road or whatever it may be. So, um, 
that's like one of the theories that I had was that maybe one of the friends were in the car and then when they realize her head's been decapitated and her body's then been taken out of the side of the car it's being dragged along the railing squished between the railing and the car and then it flips over onto the back of the vehicle that was one of my theories and then another theory was that maybe she was acting you know the maggot and she was like oh fuck it like i'm just gonna hang out the window like maybe at this point she's having fun but it's annoying the person who's driving her in the car because they did have a falling out just before she left and that's why she was upset and that's why she called her sister that maybe you know she's like fuck it well now i'm just gonna hang out the window but the person who's driving is like you know what? i'm just gonna give her a little scare and i'm just gonna like swerve it a little bit but they might have lost control because they were drunk and then it was a complete accident and she did get decapitated and they're like well fuck now the, what am i supposed to do um and sure like all these theories make sense but at the end of the day when you go back to the photo of how her clothes were left it just does not make sense it there is just no possible way that with that force if someone's being pulled and yes i understand that if you know an accident your car your clothes you get flung off you and ripped to shreds and with such force but the fact is this happened to her but her clothes were laid neatly on the railing on the side of the road now how do you explain that and if there's someone listening who knows the answer explain it to me because that just does not make sense there's no way that her body can be like squished along all the railings and sure it could have been ripped off but they would have been ripped off at separate times and it wouldn't make sense that her bra would have been ripped off first then her and then her top and then her jacket it would have been the opposite way around it would have been jacket top then bra um and it just it really does not make sense to me i think that's the most infuriating part about this and i can see why the mother is like no there must be something else to this story and then i want to move on to the three not even suspects but i think one of the main suspects would be kirsten betchtold so the second you know they get home um a few hours later they get the phone call saying their friend had died immediately even before talking to police kirsten betchold um gets a lawyer and she refuses to talk and kirsten betchold was her first friend in this group now they've only been friends for a couple of months but what's really frustrating is if they were if they were good friends and you were upset that your friend had died you think you'd do anything in your power to first of all number one prove your innocence number two show some remorse for your friend and say that you weren't there that you had nothing to do with it that you're not trying to cover up something because immediately to me like okay so if it was in a scenario with me personally and it, it was like me and my friends in a night out and they let me go in my car and they let me drunk drive in the night that was found murdered like the next day or just killed or by a freak accident or whatever and then my friend immediately goes and gets a lawyer that maybe i had a falling out with so let's just say katie if you're listening i'm just gonna use your name um if katie and i had like a massive argument that night and like all our other friends are there and they still let me go off and they let me do what i want which i know they wouldn't do because you know i got a1 friends um but uh you know it, it could possibly happen where she knew something about it maybe she was the one driving in the driver's side and Jalea was on the passenger side now again i'm sure there would have been like forensic evidence to prove that there would have been like dna and shit um or 
you know, that they had followed her in a separate car. That was another theory, too, that um, they had followed her in a separate car. And there's, um, uh, there's also some pictures as well from, like, the McDonald's that they went to just before this had all kicked off. And there's a man driving the car, and I believe it was Scott, or sorry, Freddie Scott, um, who's, you can see in the picture, but you can see two, it looks like female figures, but you can't see it well enough, so they couldn't use that properly as evidence. Um, but yeah, so imagine then the next day, you know, you get a phone call and you're like, oh, you know, we, we found Kitten briefly murdered on the side of the road and it was a very traumatic thing and immediately my friend katie's like um i have to get a lawyer i have to get a lawyer right now because this is not good like that to me is just so suspicious if you're a true friend or you're someone who cares about them even if you are afraid of like getting wrongfully convicted if you know deep down that's the truth and you go out there and you prove that because in all the other public eyes everyone's like oh well that's very suspicious that she went and got a lawyer and the fact that her parents too were very pushing towards getting a lawyer and making sure that it was safe and kind of covering her ass what did she need to cover up um it just it doesn't make a lot of sense to me and then i kind of want to go on to my um my kind of like roundup of all this is the mother then started to do some investigating herself and she slowly found out that which i read in the beginning of the post that each one of the people who were hanging out with her all had parents or family members who were part of the police or sheriff's department um and a lot of people think that it was a complete cover-up by the police to cover these kids' asses. Um, or that they, you know, maybe tampered with some evidence or whatever it may be. The mother strongly thought that this is what I went on. That the police paid or, you know, tried to cover up some sort of this story, some part of the story or maybe all of it, all of it all together. Um, but there's a lot of things that just really don't make sense in this case. Um, and it's really upsetting, actually, because, you know, like, really and truly, these, these families are trying to just find out, like, what has happened to their daughter. And it's really quite an eerie road on where she was driving. And I'm, I'm right now, I'm, I'm looking at the photos here, of um you know the jacket and it just the way it's laid it just doesn't make sense plus there is not a stick of blood either on these clothes like there's like a little bit like on the elbow and everything but there there really isn't an awful lot um you know otherwise but it, it really is just it, it's crazy you know um when you're like looking there's also like acceleration marks so the car keeps driving um you know once she keeps like going through um and there's just blood everywhere and again like on the back of the car um where she had like rolled over like this had all been like literally a split second um and i'm just like like one of like the posts that i was reading on this page um, this young lady she posted 
has a photo of the top of the trunk. We will assume that because the blood is on the right side of Jalea, at this point was bleeding from her head, would have been. Um, that would have been her warm, half-naked body was laying on the trunk. At least that's what the sheriff's department said, that her body rode the trunk and travelling in the passing lane she fell off. Why isn't the frost, why isn't the frost melted? Uh, why isn't there visible marks in the frost that should indicate she rolled off the trunk? And um, this would lead to two pictures. The other thing too was the car would have still been moving at that moment in time as well. Um, which is just another another thing as well that like that didn't really make make sense to me. Um, and in, in that sense was like, you know, if if there if there would have been like frost and all that, then it would have been melted because the car would have still been moving and it would have been heated by then because she would have been driving quite a while. Um, but essentially, it, it's just a very crazy, sad, upsetting case. And it's insane when you do go through the Facebook page how much information is on here and how many thoughts people had towards this and um, kind of what people, you know, thought behind the whole thing. Um, so... I just, I just think it was an interesting thought to bring to you guys and to see if what you think behind it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of people think at the end of the day that one of the girls, the Kirsten girl, had something to do with it. Second of all, the police um, did tamper with the evidence and third of all yes it absolutely was a car accident but maybe a purpose purposeful car accident maybe it was premeditated you know i think there is a lot more behind this than what meets the eye um and it, it, it's just really interesting to me and i thought it was like a good episode to do and i'm really glad my one of my friends liz um you know told me about it because it, it is important and i i think um you should all check it out for yourselves absolutely um so again i'll just say the facebook page here it was justice for jalea uh, or jalea and you know she's such a pretty young lady as well like it it's so sad and this this happened in 2011 um and it, it's mad the amount of people that are still active on this page there's so many people and like right now as I'm like talking to you guys and I'm, I'm looking through it and um it, it, it's it really is quite amazing and all like I'm looking here at the amount of people there's 45,644 people who are following this and 44,341 people who have liked it and when you go to the petition page uh, over 14,724 people have, have signed and their goal is for 15,000. So they're so close to signing this petition. I've signed it myself um, and you can also donate to it. Um, and it, it is quite hard and they all they want to do is just find the real answer behind this. And I do think a lot of the answer comes behind that Kirsten girl. Um, it, it just seems very guilty to me very inappropriate to do that for one of your friends and what are your parents doing telling you to do that otherwise you know so anyways um that's kind of like a roundup story of what had went on there's so many more details to this 
story um that i just can't really get into because it is so deep and so kind of like out of my zone but if you are interested in more details on the story you can go on to reddit you can go onto the facebook page you can listen to the um what is it the 181 mile marker oh my god i have to look that up really quick before i tell you um what it actually is sorry yeah so death at mile marker 181 um and that is available on apple Podcasts too it's so so detailed i'm still not even finished listening to it but i got like a lot of my stuff from like other podcasts and youtube and web sleuths and yeah a lot of people are very invested in trying to find out what happened to jalea and um i i do think there's some sneaky stuff going on behind this story but and the, the horrible part too is she was only 20 years old um and it was just like such a heroic way to go and so scary and horrifying for that passerby or that truck driver who was just doing his job um but yeah anyways guys um i know it's a heavy one and it's quite gross and i'm sorry if i spoiled hereditary for you and besides it's only a very minor part in the story of the movie so um but it is very fucked up anyways i hope you all have an amazing thursday please don't forget to rate review subscribe and uh, enjoy your weekends whatever you're doing and we'll talk soon bye bye